It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use for Tuesday, January 23rd from Car Edge with your host, me, Ray, and the guy all dressed up like it's winter, Zach. What's happening, handsome? All right, Dad, it is getting cold outside, but it's getting colder over at Vroom. Big story from last night. Car dealers are starting to crumble, man. This is the first of 2024, and that's only because it's January 23rd, but we have seen multiple car dealerships over the past 12 months go out of business. Vroom, the yes. previously high-flying digital buy-your-car-online retailer, sell-your-car to them, they'll sell it to someone else at a loss. That's an interesting economic model. We'll dig into that in a bit. They have ceased their online operations, Dad. This comes on the heels of Echo Park last year, which is another Vroom-type competitor, uh, backed by some of the big uh, uh, dealer groups out there, one of the big dealer groups out there. comes on the heels of some of the more subprime dealer groups last year going out of business. Dad, we have our first going out of business sale coming from Vroom. What did well, you make of this when you read it? I'm not sure you're having a going out of business sale because they've canceled all sales agreements and all purchase agreements that they had. Recently. Wholesale, wholesale going out of it. The fire yeah, sale, the wholesale auctions. Yes, they are. They are going to dispose of their their inventory uh, via wholesale. But any signed contracts uh, for either vehicle purchases that they were making or vehicle sales that they were making that haven't been completed ain't going to be completed. Um, it's this is this is not to be unexpected. I mean, we saw the handwriting on the wall. Um, they were losing money hand over fist. Um, they had gotten sued by the uh, uh, Texas State Attorney General after there were five thousand complaints. That's all it took to get the Attorney General to to act. Was you know. Anything over 4,999 complaints, I guess we'll have to take action. Um, so, I mean, we knew there were issues. They they suffered same, some of the same issues that Carvana has had, titling issues, uh, quality of vehicle issues, things of that nature. And they didn't have the same cash flow or availability to, uh, to financing as, uh, as Carvana seems to have. Um, so it, it, it's not a great shock. I guess the thing that's most shocking is how long it took to happen. I do think there is some shock to this, Dad. Vroom was fairly large. We saw yeah. a shift at yes. the end of last year go out of business, another comparable competitor. We saw last year, I mentioned it earlier, Sonic Automotive's Echo Park closing eight of their locations. And last year, we saw some subprime uh, dealer groups, including American Car Center, which had, yes. if I'm not mistaken, 20-plus dealerships out there. So I think the shocking aspect of this, Dad, is the snowball aspect. Yes. There, there has already been significant shutdown, going out of business, and ultimately what will become consolidation in the auto industry as a result of really volatile used car prices, and uh, yeah, actually, you know what, that and interest rates, those are the two things that I think are the primary drivers here for why Vroom, Shift, Echo Park, American Car Center, and I could pull up more, have gone out of business. Uh, you know, American Car Center and some of the others, which were subprime uh, dealerships, you know, that that is is easier to to rationalize than Shift or Vroom. I think. Shift and Vroom, what it gets down to is 
uh, buying cars at the right price, managing their inventory, um, and selling it, at, I don't know, so that you actually make a profit. You know, if you're losing $82 million a quarter, it's kind of hard to stay in business. Now, now, having said that, you know, Carvana in 2022 lost like, what was it, $2.1 billion. And, you know, yet they're having a renaissance, at least stock price-wise, um, you know, because they they have a different way of booking their profits this year. Uh, they're using a different accounting method that, that allows them to, um, I don't know, say they're making profits that are just staggering compared to their competitors. We know, and I just want to be very clear, we know that you can manipulate your gross profit per unit for those of you that dig into all the data based on when you sell your asset-backed securities, your bundles of loans. So yes, Carvana has shown really great profitability, and a lot of that is tied to the timing of when they sell their loans, which for those of you that are new to the channel, a huge aspect of the auto industry is taking groups of uh, uh, financed car loans and bundling them together and then selling them as asset-backed securities to get liquidity earlier before the loans come to fruition. Putting that aside, Dad, which actually is interesting because Vroom has a uh, captive credit arm as well, which they are keeping active because yeah. they have tens of thousands of car loans out there. They have a non-trivial amount of inventory that's going to be making it back into the wholesale channels. I want to pull this up from Igor. Igor says, Vroom is expected to lose over $1.2 billion in wholesale losses, according to my contact, who works over at Vroom in their corporate office. And Tony here asking, where's that inventory going? It's going to auction. Is it going to auction? I think that's the answer, Dad. These cars are going to go to auction. They will. Um, and we will see. I mean, if they're, if they're expecting to lose $1.2 billion, that means that, that they own their inventory for way too much. They paid way too much for cars that they were buying. Um, and, and now they're going to, uh, to sell off those cars at what have been declining wholesale values over the past seven or eight weeks. Um, the only thing that might save them a little bit is hmm. if they start selling them during tax season and, uh, and spring selling season so that dealerships may uh, pay up a little bit, but they're still going to take major losses on their inventory. They, you know, the whole thing comes, comes back to one of my favorite things, which is inventory management and how quickly you turn your inventory. Um, yes. The American public would like to have more digital platforms in which to be able to buy cars. Um, but the reality of that is that buying a car digitally and then having it shipped to your house, um, you know, you really, you're buying a pig in a poke. You don't know what you're getting. You haven't inspected it. Yes. Maybe you have a three day or a seven day uh, return period. So that you can go get. Oh, we lost him folks. Sorry, I'm sure he'll be back in just a moment. While we're waiting for my dad to come back, I will remind everyone that there is a digital option. That digital option is CarEdge.com, which I'm very interested to get my dad's take because you can buy cars online through CarEdge. You're buying new cars. You can also buy used cars, but you're buying new cars and you do get them delivered to your door. We have that Chevy Trax promotion that ends at the end of the month, $399 per month, whether you finance or lease. 
we should be able to fit you into that. And obviously, if you ask for the OTD, of course, we're going to put it in your hands. We also have those Ford F-150s with 1.9% financing, as well as lingering Mazdas with 0% financing. And we got our extended warranty promo going as well. So there are some digital options out there that don't require an inspection. But obviously, it's a good point with those used vehicles that those other automakers we're selling. I disagree with you though, dad. I mean, I'm obviously trying to build the car edge business model around it. I think you can sell cars online. I think the inventory management piece is the million dollar question. What Vroom has demonstrated, Shift has demonstrated, and even Carvana at times and these others is that being the bearer of decision-making on should I sell a car? Should I buy a car? That's really difficult. And it ties back to floor plan costs, which is what you and I talk about all the time. Yes. And, and the difference between say Vroom, Shift, Carvana and what CarEdge is doing, we don't own any inventory. Okay. We're helping dealers move their inventory at pre negotiated prices so that it becomes a frictionless uh, transaction for the customer. But that's the death, that's the death blow here to Vroom, right? They have yes. thousands of cars that they cannot sell that they overpaid for. This is the classic buy high, sell low. And when times were good, when money was ample, when you could get you know all sorts of financing because the Federal Reserve is printing money, that business model still doesn't fundamentally work, but like it can operate. Yes. And now that we're in a different environment, used car prices are coming down. They're holding on to this inventory. Sure, there's value in buying from Vroom, and this you know you don't have to go to the dealership, all that fun stuff, but not enough value to offset the crazy high prices they were asking for. Paired with the five thousand plus complaints in the state of Texas about the terrible experience, like. No wonder they're going out of business, gang. It's pretty obvious that they couldn't manage their inventory. Yes, and 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 that's what what will allow us, I believe, uh, to be able to fill that space because we're we're not going to have billions of dollars tied up in inventory. Our dealer partners, uh, who were helping them manage their inventory, they're the ones that. But that's. I digress, and I apologize for my digression. It's all good. I just we can get into the details of of our business model on a different different show. All right, Dad, let's switch gears. Let's talk a little bit about manufacturers making decisions to try and maintain some normalcy in the market. That would be Nissan. Let's yes. turn our attention there. Nissan is reducing the number of vehicles that they're producing, citing high inventory, and of course, they're also mentioning a part shortage. Uh, but there you go, Dad. We've got automakers now, Nissan, in addition to Stellantis and Ford, cutting back on production, try and maintain inventory levels at somewhere that's, quote unquote, healthy. Um, and Nissan's uh, day supply of vehicles is somewhere around 107 days, uh, a little more than 50% more than what the average is. And the funny thing is, is that some of the Nissan dealers are complaining, we don't have an inventory issue we have a marketing and incentive issue um and perhaps they do i don't know how much money nissan is spending uh, in incentives in order to try and uh, encourage the people out there that are in the market for a car to, to seriously consider a nissan i know when we were at the local Nissan dealership in Egg Harbor Township outside of Atlantic City when we were there this summer. I mean, I never saw so many rogues in my life. Um, and we joked at the time 
that they must be breeding in the back because they were just literally, they were everywhere. Um, and I know it's their most popular product. They sold uh, what? 250,000 of them last year. Uh, but if you produce 300,000 of them to sell those 250,000 or whatever the number is, I, you know, that's an excessive amount of, of, of inventory. Mm -hmm. Uh, so if Stellantis, if Nissan have an excess of inventory, the way to sell them is, is to motivate the customers to buy them through price reductions, not through production reductions. I think that's especially true when the storyline is there's an affordability crisis because it's really difficult for an automaker to not just straight up look greedy when they're making these decisions when the biggest factor, we slated all the time, 83% of Americans in a Cox Automotive survey said they cannot afford to buy a new car. Yes. And so the automakers, I mean, let's look at the numbers here. Sure, I'm Nissan, so I'm looking at this. My day's supply of Rogues, Pathfinders, and Frontiers are up you know, on average 125% year over year. The response isn't to cut 10,000 vehicles from production this quarter. The response is to do what you're saying, lower prices. Maybe, Dad, if affordability crisis wasn't the overarching theme of 2023 and 2024, you could get away with, well, we're going to restrict, you know, we're going to cut back production. But we're in an environment where it's an affordability crisis. Like, this is a great moment for Nissan, and I think they're fumbling the opportunity. And, and you know, truth be told, uh, Nissan... Uh, like Subaru over the last five years had the least increase percentage wise of MSRPs uh, relative to inflation. I think they were somewhere around 20% over the last five years. So Nissan has always been a mass market value brand. Okay. Uh, meant to compete with, with the Toyota and Honda. Uh, but yet, even though, their vehicles are relatively affordable in comparison to their competitors. Typically, they're less than their competitors. <clears throat> There's something about those vehicles that seem to be unattractive mm -hmm. to the population out there. So I don't again, it's 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 the theory of you know, build it and they will come. Well, if you've built it and they won't come, then the, and even though you're less expensive than everybody else, you apparently need to be significantly less expensive uh, in order to entice folks to buy your product again. Um, that you is know, a, that, they, they think yeah. of themselves as a brand that should have 10% of the market. Yeah. And they have like five point something percent. Um, you know, I, They've had their issues in the past, um, sure. you know, but I, I, I you, they were selling, I hate to say this, but they were selling a hell of a lot more cars when they had those crazy stair step programs for dealerships to earn additional money based on uh, sales volumes. Um, and everybody hated those stair step programs except I guess the customers. Um, and that's when the customers were buying cars. Now, Apparently, customers would still buy those cars if the prices were just significantly less than where they are now.
I want to connect this back to the lead story. So for those of you that are just joining uh, Vroom, one of the large online uh, car dealers out there, closed their doors, their online uh, uh, operations uh, yesterday. That was announced. I wonder, Dad, all these dealers that we've seen go under, I'm going to list them out again. Vroom, yeah. Shift went under last year. Echo Park, they closed multiple stores. And Echo Park is part of Sonic Automotive, but just their used car side, Digital. United uh, American Car Center. And there was another one, another big subprime. There all, of them are, all of them are used car dealers. Yes. And then we get this news from like Nissan and Stellantis. And we also see it at Ford where they are intentionally restricting production so that they can try and maintain higher price points in the market. It just, I'm, I'm just a little confounded. Like we haven't heard big stories of new car dealers going under. Like I haven't heard a single story of a new car dealer going under except for that one store in like Oklahoma where they had fraud uh, yeah. remember they didn't buy their floor plan bill or something like that. So it's like, it's almost like there's more volatility in the used car market and the OEMs and dealers work together to make sure that they don't get too much supply so that they do go out of business. Like there there's, it's not collusion because they're partners, but like the new car business feels a little safer than the used car business. And like a, a story like this from Nissan or Stellantis or Ford demonstrates that. Well, the reality is, is that the used car business is more volatile than the new car business. Um, and if you're buying most of your inventory at the auctions, uh, yeah. you really don't know entirely what you've bought until you've gotten it back to your store. And then you've done your your uh, safety inspections and reconditioning ins inspections. And it's at that point that you find out what some of the issues might be with the vehicles. And there has been a shortage of used vehicles for the past three and a half years, and dealers have had to pay exorbitantly for the vehicles that are out there. So if you're paying too much, and then it turns out that it needs much more in the way of reconditioning than what you had been figuring, it is quite easy to get in way over your head in a used car than on a new car. And I'm going to sneeze. Excuse me. Ah, damn. I was, just, I was tempted to pull myself from the screen for that sneeze. Just give you the, give you the full spotlight. Thanks. Um, you know, there, there's one other thing, tying it back to, um, tying it back to the, to the room story. And we didn't touch on it. So I'm going to pull us back there. Um, MK put it in the chat. I played CarMax versus Carvana versus Vroom for my vehicle as a trade. Now it's removing a potentially valuable data point. CarEdge.com slash sell. Our sell feature is going to be impacted by this, guys. Oh, absolutely. You go, if you go to CarEdge.com slash sell, you get all the competitive offers in one place in your in your area. Um, it's free to use. We endorse it. It's a great, great, great product. And now it's going to not have room. And that sucks. That really yeah. sucks. Because they were perfecting in a lot of markets the buy high sell low, you know, formula, which again obviously is not profitable. A lot of investors are holding the bag on this one. Yeah. But for customers, you could take advantage of it. You really could, and that's a resource that's gone. That's gone. It's just straight up gone. And we saw it when we would run cars through there that many times Vroom came back as the highest bidder, um, and and you know highest by not a little bit by it, but by a lot of bit, which explains why down goes room um is today's headline it's you know, you can't pay more than the vehicle's worth and expect to sell it at an even higher price 
so that you can make a profit. Um, you, you, you have, you've heard me say this a zillion times, used car dealers and new car dealers, when it comes to their used car departments, they make their money when they buy their cars. Not necessarily when they sell them, when they buy them. If you buy it right, you will always be able to turn around and make some type of profit on it. If you bought it wrong, if you've paid way too much for it, it becomes much more difficult to turn around and sell it for a profit. So, yeah. the, the, you know, the two keys on the used car side of things always have been and probably always will be the same two keys. Buying your inventory at the right price and then selling it at the right price, moving it along, inventory management. Those are the two keys. That's it. You have to buy it right. You have to sell it right. You have to have it not sit there. It's it's easy formula, folks. Let's all start a car dealership. I'm just kidding, obviously. Uh, don't want to start a car dealership. Prefer doing what we do back at Car Edge. Yeah, managing that inventory is a pain in the butt. That does create opportunities for customers. Again, let's be very real. You know, yes. The longer something sits, the more of an opportunity there is. And I, I think there's an interesting comment in the chat here. Uh, let me find it. It was from just saying yeah the local used car dealers begin going out of business by spring i here let's both answer on three yes or no three two one yes no because because local dealers local dealers have their fingers on the pulse of their local markets okay and they're not going to be as foolish as like shift was or vroom was um you know they don't have stockholders they're trying to please other than themselves yeah so now could there be some yes but i i don't you know i i i think some fresh used car dealers the and what I mean by that is is dealers that might have gotten in the business in the last three or four years who don't really understand seasonality, who don't understand the ups and downs of the business, who don't completely understand inventory management. Yeah, those dealers. But if if you've been in the business for a while and you have your fingers on the pulse of what's going on in your community, uh, you know, I, I think those dealers should be okay. I'm thinking about like the dealer that that we talked about that has a four hundred thousand dollar floor plan expense. Yeah, at their dealer, like it's a tough pill to swallow. I wonder how long that lasts. But anyway, I'm I'm just saying I think that I wouldn't be surprised if um, what's the Warren Buffett quote? What's the Warren Buffett quote? It's about the tide going out and someone's got their their pants down. What is the Warren Buffett? Quote? <laughs> no, no, come on, that's the Warren Buffett quote, isn't it? Am I wrong? When, Am I right? when, when. When uh, something about the, the greedy, I don't know. No, that's the the hogs get oh, fat. Yeah. Yeah, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. There's yeah. a saying about when the tide goes out, you see who's got their pants down. Something like that. No. The yeah, no. I think that's it. No. Someone no. in the chat, please help me here, because I'm pretty sure that's a saying. Um, no. When the yeah, tide goes out, your pants get low. They No. <laughs> what is that? 
all no boats rise in a high tide? Is no, yeah. come on, someone's got to have this one. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Boggy. Something like that. Tide goes out, see who's swimming without clothes. Yeah, come on, it's a thing, man. Anyway, my point being, Dad. Yeah, times have been really good. Everyone was making money hand over fist. Now times are not so good. And that's where you're seeing dealers go out of business. Um, it's the and, car and that's business. Really... We're back to the car business. You know, it's, uh, you get to see. It's these. You don't find out who's been swimming naked until the tide goes. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Well, there you have it. Okay. Not it's one that say. I have ever heard of. Um, it, we are, we are. We are rapidly moving at this moment in time from a seller's market to a buyer's market, which means car dealers are have to go back to the car business the way they knew it. And what do I mean by that? I mean, they have to have sales skills again. They have to negotiate prices again. Um, they can't use the excuse, well, if you don't buy it, the guy behind you will, because the, you can look behind you and there ain't nobody there now. Um, so it, it becomes, I don't want to say it becomes a race to the bottom. What it becomes is, do you have the ability to create value for the product you're selling so that people will buy it from you or not? And that's what the car business was pre-pandemic creating value for what it is that you're selling through salesmanship yeah sort of in a lot of quotes there because also customers have hated buying cars for a century so yes like a little bit and also oh it's local monopolies that just happen to be the only outlet um you know where a customer could go but i do think i do think go for it yes no i was just gonna say and and so you know and and so where there's that lack of ability to, to sell the value. And in most dealerships, there is that lack of the ability to sell the value. So what do they do? They do what, what, what my, my area vice president used to say, if they haven't said yes yet, you haven't dropped the price enough. So which, which goes back do. to Vroom is Vroom's whole thing was it's valuable. Look, you don't have to, dad. They were Vroom was the company two years ago that had the, the um, Super Bowl commercial that probably makes me look like I don't do hyperbolic YouTube headlines and, and thumbnails. I mean, they literally had a customer. Do you guys remember this? The Vroom? Do you remember the Vroom Super Bowl commercial? Yeah, wasn't wasn't it where the sales people and the sales manager? Yeah, and the, and the person was sweating and yeah, and they like tied they tied yeah. them up and everything. Like yeah. they went for it. Dad, talk about selling value. The value was you didn't have to get tied up and you know have the dealership steal your keys and all the. Uh, uh, all the uh, personification of what it means to go to a car dealership. And look, what caught, what got them, what, forgive me, but I'm going to go to it again. What demonstrated that Vroom was naked when the tide went out? See, that's how you use it in a sentence. Um, was the fact that the, they bought high and they sold low, man. That's all it is. It goes to your earliest point in today's show. You got to buy them right. You got to sell them right. And for customers, there were great opportunities over at Vroom. I don't think that it was ever like a value opportunity when you bought a car, but a great opportunity to sell your car to them because they would buy high. And then you didn't have to worry about them selling it low. That's out of the market now. If you're a local dealer and you operate the same way, you're you're equally screwed, Dad. You're equally yeah, screwed. Yeah, but but most most local dealers aren't going to operate that way. I mean, how many 
How many used car dealers during the height of the pandemic and the height of the used car shortage were complaining that they couldn't buy cars for their lots because they weren't willing to pay what some of the big players were willing to pay for these vehicles because they knew that if they paid those prices, they would never be able to sell them to their customers in their market. So that's part is you really have to understand your market. You have to have your fingers on the pulse of your market. If, if you're in a small town and you're the used car dealer and you know that your customers can only afford X, well, there's no point in paying more than X to buy a car because you can't turn around and sell it. What do you make of our business model? Because we directly compete with Vroom. I mean, we do like the new, the 2024 iteration of, of car edge and thank you frank's one of the members of our team and he's making a donation yeah. thank you frank frank was a member of our community for many years before joining the team what we do on the car edge marketplace that's what it is dad we've created a marketplace we compete directly with room we guarantee an experience we guarantee yeah. a price we guarantee delivery to your door but we don't manage any of the inventory like it makes me wonder i was talking to our team about this yesterday is the room news positive negative or neutral for our business and i think it's positive i think it's positive because ultimately what it says is that the model of owning inventory is the wrong model. And we're not doing that model. We yeah. could have. I get Igor in the chat here. He texts me as well. We've had we've had ideas of opening a dealership. We're never going to open a car dealership, guys. I don't want to. I don't think my dad or I want to own pieces of metal. We don't. We want to make it more efficient to buy and sell those pieces of metal. And so I'm we, curious what you think. Is this is the Vroom stuff, the Shift stuff, the Echo Park stuff, the American car? Is it good or bad or neutral for our business, for you and me? Uh, well, I, I, think, I think what it proves, what it says, at least it says to me, is that there, were, there are enough people out there, and by people I mean customers out there, who want a frictionless buying experience when it comes to getting a new or a used vehicle. Okay? Mm-hmm. They want to know what the price is. They don't want to have to haggle. They don't want to have to go back and forth. They don't want to have to argue with you uh, to find out what it's going to cost. The problem with that was that, well, you need inventory, and that's what killed Shift, and that's what killed Vroom, and that's what might kill Carvana eventually, because the cost of that inventory is staggering. What we've wanted to do is we wanted to take that experience that that people want of knowing what the price is, not having to argue back and forth, and we want to shape the industry so that becomes standard operating procedure because dealers have aligned and bought into what it is that we're trying to do so that we're selling their inventory. It's not our inventory. We're we're helping them facilitate what it is that the customers want. So I would think with what these digital retailers have proven is there's a market out there for it. CarMax has proved it for 30-some years that there's a market out there for it. And it's our task to continue to grow that market without having to put investors at risk because that, I mean, that's what Vroom did. That's what shift yeah. did. 
Um, that's what Carvana does. Like, yeah, you know, you're paying a bunch of money so that they can floor plan billions of dollars in cars. Yeah, I think it's net positive for our business. I really do. Um, I actually, I would love to get some feedback from the community. One of the things that we're actively working on is right now when you buy a car through cards, like the Chevy tracks that we have going on, we still send you an out the door price from a dealership. We're just getting it on your behalf. We've worked on a redesigned car edge out the door price sheet. This would actually be a URL. So I'm seeking feedback in the chat. All right. This is what I'm seeking feedback is, you know, you're a customer. And when you decide to buy a car through car edge, we want to make it like easier, simpler. And so you would get a URL. And on this URL, you could choose if you want to pay in full and it would have everything here for you. And then you would also have, and I'm going to update this right now because um, it, it won't say market value selling price, original market value price. It'll say, you know what it's going to say, Dad? What? MSRP. None of that jargon. Yes. It's going to say MSRP. And then if you want to choose finance, it would let you edit the terms. And when you edit the terms, you could choose your own terms. And then when you're ready, when you've made your deal, you can like say, hey, I want to buy this car. So I'm looking for feedback from the community on how do we get away from sending people these confusing and convoluted out-the-door price quotes and standardize it. It's kind of like set a new expectation within the industry of like, hey, customers expect a cleaner, simpler, more empowering experience. I really, really, really do want some feedback in the comments if you and you can and, share that with me. and I would think that the out the door price is the most important thing, and then that is what um, any financed uh, payments are based on that that very out the door price. Um, it is it is imperative that everybody always be on the same page as far as what number you should be looking at as a customer. Mm -hmm. The most important number you should be looking at is the total out the door price. The, the selling price of the vehicle plus the fees, the total price, if you were to write a check and then totally. that, yes. And, and but so we need, we need to get customers to demand that. And we need that and we need to get dealerships to just offer that. But dad, I, but this is where I'm going. Like, yes. And this is what customers typically get. You know, we have to coach people on like, Hey, here are all these line items. Yeah. Here's all this information, but I'm talking about like, let's say you wanted to change a variable on this, like set the financing terms. Like I'm trying to clean this up, man, so that you could go to any dealership anywhere. No, damn it. This is the mindset shift. You go to Car Edge. You don't go to the dealership. You come to us. Yes. And you get the same. It's like going to McDonald's, man. You know you're going to get the same OTD quote. You know you're going to get the same experience. Like To me, that's a, a fundamental difference. You shouldn't even have to ask for the out-the-door price anymore because the out-the-door price should just be the Car Edge price sheet. Like I'm trying to get there, man. That's where I want to go. And I think this Vroom stuff and these dealers going out of business is like a great sign for us that, hey, we should be able to consolidate what the experience looks like. And then people should be able to like not have to go to a dealership at all. Like, I don't know. Well, I, yeah, I, that's, that's the whole, because we're going to make it easy for, we're going to make it easily understandable for yeah. the customer and the dealership and we will facilitate it. And, and so that cuts the costs for the dealerships because they don't need as many salespeople um, that saves customers money and time because we've already pre-negotiated all the pricing. So it just becomes, 
here's the price. Either it works for you or it doesn't work for you. If it works for, for you, sure. great. Hit the buy here button. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I was curious on your take between like what dealers typically send out from the CRM systems that are designed for dealers versus what we're trying to create. Again, I'll read through the chat messages later on and I'll get feedback directly from you, Pops. Not on the air. Okay. We also had a comment. I just want to pull this up because I need I need to like to do a poll here. Um, yeah. Power Heels Forever says stop with the clickbait titles. Was today's title clickbait, gang? Yes well, or no in the chat? Yes or no? Yes or no, no in the it, chat? No, it's not, no, because there are dealers that are actually going out of business. And I read the comments and I know people are going to say, it's the same thing every day. It's not. It's the news. I can't help but that Vroom went out of business yesterday and we're talking about it today. That's not the, the same question, as yesterday's show. Question for Ahmed. Ahmed, why was it clickbait? Or what about it made it clickbait? Because I'm, I'm like trying to play the YouTube game and I'm trying to walk the fine line. Yesterday was a, was a walk in the park for me because Stellantis' CEO literally said bloodbath when talking about lowering prices. So that made my life easier. But I am curious, like what makes it, what makes it clickbait? Because I, I the, thought we did a thumbnail. good job today. The thumbnail. The, thumbnail? the flames. The... Uh, you know, the fact that, that that everybody should be wearing a fire retardant suit. Um, I think that is, is I personally, I think that's what people find offensive. The title happens to be absolutely correct. Car dealers, not all car dealers. So that's the thing. That's, that's the thing. Yes. Like, I get it. That's what gets me in trouble is like, yeah. but that's also how, anyway. Anyway, yes. All right. I was it could be some car dealers are, are crumbling. Vroom crumbled. Whatever you know. It, but hey, it's is 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 the information worthwhile? If it is, just put up with the damn uh, thumbnails and the flames and the you know whatever else. And Ooh, me, maybe I'll add a laser. I'll going like a laser. or me, whatever the hell it is. I mean, come on, we're just. I'll be good. I'll be good. Whatever it is. Tomorrow we'll talk about the used car market update. Ties back with obviously today's discussion of used car dealers going under. We've got data from Blackbook and data from Cox Automotive. So stay tuned for that. Thank you again, everyone, for being here with us. CarEdge.com. We got those Chevy Track specials, the Ford F-150s, the Mazdas. We'll be adding more vehicles that you can purchase on CarEdge.com soon. And we got the $100 promotion that ends at the end of the month as well on the extended warranty. For those of you that don't like when we talk about the ways that we try and sustain this channel and our business for that, I understand. It's kind of annoying. I hate that every single time I have to come on here, I have to talk about it. And in the same breath, we have 35 people now that work at Car Edge, and I am determined to make payroll every other week and grow this business. So to those of you that support us, we really appreciate it. To those of you that have constructive feedback, we appreciate that. And for those of you that don't want to see us prosper, just find a different channel to tune into. It does not offend us. We're going to keep doing our thing. I love you, Dad. I will see you tomorrow. And uh, we both look good today. I like our outfits. Yeah, yeah. You look like you're ready to go out and climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Or oh, yeah. Did You didn't watch the game last night. But I was absolutely screaming, screaming at the TV. And... Um, and the fact that they were able to come back and win the game is beyond great shot. Kevin Durant, one of the best players in the NBA, that double triple pump. I mean, I played basketball last night. I called my dad on the walk yes. home from basketball. Cause I haven't played basketball in about eight years, maybe since college. Um, and I was, I mean, dad, what did I tell you over the phone last night? 
I can't play basketball. I stink. <laughs> I'm trash. I'm absolute trash. And then yeah. I'm watching the replay this morning of Kevin Durant knocking down that shot to win the game. Oh, that was epic, man. He's so yes. good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, you as 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 I remember saying to you at one point, um, I know you love basketball. Um, rather than play it, perhaps you should figure out how to own the team. Um. Yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> All right. We'll see you here tomorrow. Love you, Dad. And uh, yeah, thanks for the fun show. Yep. Thank you. Love you too. Thanks, everybody, for being here. We'll be back here tomorrow at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, with, well, more news that you can use from Car Edge. Thanks, everybody.